Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Al, little Elon Musk Gore. Man, I wish. His Twitter game is strong. If you aren't on his Twitter game, he is currently now a sheep and a ram, but he also took the spirit of a old English museum at one point. Wow. <laughs> yep. Some might think he's crazy. Some might think he is uh, yeah. a genius, and some <laughs> might say he's a hybrid. Yeah. So he also, you know, like after your name, you put tagline like architect, entrepreneur. Yeah. He put... Maybe this makes sense in your meme world. Sure. Absolute unit. Is that a... Elon can... I don't know. He, yeah. Whatever he wants to make up, he can make up. Yeah. Did so, you see Did you see the CEO of... Uh, oh, man. Forbes or something? No, it wasn't Forbes. Some other CEO. I sent you this tweet that they're going to try to beat them. I'll have to look it up uh, real you quick. No, no. In, two, in, in 2017, uh, Boeing... Boeing! Uh, yep. Said, we're going to beat Elon Musk to... To Mars, and he replied, "Do it." Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So someone, someone said some comment to him today too, or yesterday. Uh, Will your rockets is, is something make a rocket for flat earthers? You know, like some sort of a joke. I can't remember the whole thing. And since his picture is of a sheep ram right now as his face, he said, "Wake up, sheeple!" <laughs> and then he quoted it, "Sheep." <laughs> oh my God, he's... She, sheep said that. <laughs> I love how crazy he is. Crazy yeah. awesome. I mean, yeah. uh, he's just out there. He's, you got to be. You you would have to be somewhat eccentric to, to be taking yeah. these kind of risks. I mean, yeah. There's just no way around. And, it. and he he admitted. He goes, "My Twitter is an absolute mess right now," <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, hard transition into not hilarity, but real, real, real stuff. So we were at a meeting, and all of our guys take notes, and I take notes. But the contractor said, not the contractor, the building owner said, like, I feel like we came up with some great stuff. Like, how are we making sure that this happens? Because in eight months from now, like, something's going to happen on the job site. And we'll be like, oh, yeah, we already talked about that. But Bill didn't know it, right? Yep. So I said, we're taking notes. We're going to put it on the drawings. We're going to put it on the drawing sheets. But then, literally, I use Bimsmith because that's what I do. and That's I, what you should do. And I knew I was going to talk about it. So... When you're making a wall, like let's say you're making a brick wall and, and you go, oh, I'm going to use this type of brick and it's going to be this type of bond. In Bimsmith, you can make walls and you can use the brick. Does it cost, you, brick. Does it cost you anything? It doesn't cost you anything. It's free. It's free. It's free. And you can pick. I'm going to show you because everyone else can't see. Lance, you can pick the stupid brick that you want. Man- so then it's Manufacturer? Just- Yes. Specific? Yes. Incredible. And then you can make a spec out of it if you want. Amazing. One, one you could just always... Now it's just in your model. So what did, I don't what did we do before Bimsmith? We weren't as good. We weren't as good. So... We weren't as good. Go to no, Bimsmith. it's so funny. What? <laughs> like, we're getting so many comments from the city and stuff like this. And, and we've been in business for 10 years, right? Yeah. And we've made multiple, multiple build, buildings. I wonder, like, how did we even make buildings eight years ago? Eight years ago. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. We we're guessing. Go to bimsmith.com today. Check it out. Yep. Yep. So you're reading a book and you told me to read a book. And <gasps> you're reading the book too. Dude, what? it's the first time I've ever listened to you. Except we're listening, right? So we're, we're reading. Audible. It. Yeah. It's free shout out to Audible. Audible. I know. They should be a sponsor. Yeah. I love Audible. Me too. I have, yeah. uh, I have, I love Audible, uh, but I have, um, I have way too many backed up credits right now. I got like five. You know, you get Dave and Goggins. Can you get that book? Just do it. If you got it, I will. 
David. So that's sure. Yep. Done. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Doing it on my computer right now. Um, but why did you tell me to read this book? Listen to this book. I think it's a great book. I think it's uh, I think it's a back to reality book about where we're at in society with the rise of social media and how divisive everything right is right now. But the biggest reason was because of a particular chapter and something that I wanted to play today. We're going to play a segment. <clears throat> it's kind of like an intro segment. Um, but I really like the idea of just loving your enemies. And that's literally what the book is called. So I, I recommend this book. Um, Who's the author again? The author, the author is Arthur C. Brooks, who is uh, a former. He was a former professional um, playing. I can't remember what instrument, like a French horn or something like that. And he was, he was, so he was a very, very good musician. Turned uh, Austrian economist, mm. and so he runs a really cool think tank um, in D.C. in the swamp. And uh, he, you know, he's he, a swamp monster. He well, he tries. He tries. He's not a politician, but he he knows many. Yep. Um, but he, he's so he's so he's just a good man. You can just tell by his voice and his words and everything like that. So I was, so I wanted to play a little a clip from YouTube. We'll put a link up, but we'll also splice this into the podcast so you're listening along with us. With us. Uh, so the title of the book is Love Your Enemies. It's by uh, Arthur C. Brooks. I highly recommend it. And the segment is Be an, authorita- an Authoritative Leader. I've never heard of that concept before. Authoritative. Authoritative. Yep. And yep. I haven't even gotten to that part. He's talking about just good common sense stuff. And I hope that we get a touch on the re- um, one of the connections he makes between what makes a good relationship and then, you know, like personally between a marriage and then what that connection, how it connects to society. Yeah. And think about like every day you're interacting with clients, right? People out there listening to this podcast. I know you are. Uh, I know you're, I know you're a small firm business owner or a small firm architect or one of one of those two. So it's, it's so important for us to represent ourselves in, in the right way because people look, look at us to be leaders, right? Like we're leading the project every time. And it is actually authoritative. Just authoritative. So Am I saying it right? Authoritative. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You'll see. Uh, okay, I'm going to play this segment and then uh, hear what Alex has to say about it. If you've turned on the TV lately, scrolled through social media, or read the newspaper, you've probably noticed that being nice isn't exactly in fashion. Whether coming from a public figure, a talking head, or a newspaper columnist, it seems like the loudest, most extreme voices are the ones garnering public attention, wealth, and influence. There's an outrage industrial complex in our country that sustains itself by keeping the dial turned to 11. This is especially true in politics, where coercive leaders capture power in electoral victories. But while almost none of us like the yelling, the insults, and the infighting, is there any evidence to suggest that you can push back against coercive leadership? That you can be kind and actually win anymore? Sure, your mom told you to be nice. But out there in the real world, that's terrible advice. These days, you simply can't afford to be nice, right? You know that phrase, nice guys finish last? Here's the thing. It's got the data all wrong. I'm Arthur Brooks. I'm a social scientist and author of the book, Love Your Enemies. In this video, I'm going to tell you about the kind of leaders that succeed in the long run. And it's probably not who you'd expect. Let's start with a fact. Coercive leaders do sometimes bring short-term improvement. And sometimes, it can feel like a leader who will shake up the system or stand up to the other side's bully. That's the leader we should support. What we know in our hearts is this. In the end, it's kindness and aspirational leadership, not coercion and contempt that brings sustained success. Don't believe me? Let's look at the evidence. 
2015, scholars examined the effect of being nice on the likelihood of being sought out for advice, being perceived as a leader, and job performance. Across all three categories, individuals were consistently kind and civil, easily finished ahead of their colleagues who weren't. So from a first look, it's apparent that if you want to be perceived as a leader, sought out for advice, or given more responsibility, you should be nice. But maybe you're not convinced yet. So let's take a closer look at the impact of kindness on leadership effectiveness. Psychologist Amy Cuddy has studied data on roughly 52,000 leaders, ranked by those under their supervision in terms of both likability and leadership effectiveness. What she's observed is stunning. Only 0.05% of leaders, that's only one out of every 2,000 leaders, are both in the bottom quartile for likability, but the top quartile for leadership effectiveness. Simply put, no one thinks that the style of leadership we see today is effective. So we all hate the outrage industrial complex. And now we know that kind leaders are actually more successful in coercive leaders. How can we bring about the change that we want? It starts with what psychologist Daniel Goleman calls authoritative leadership in a landmark study of 4,000 CEOs. Unlike the coercive leaders we see in public life today, authoritative leaders do not belittle, blame, or bully. He finds that what makes them more successful than any other kind of leader is that they articulate a unifying and aspirational vision, whether for the company, their country, or the team, and then inspire each member to take responsibility for getting to the final destination. They garner support by offering their encouragement and trust. And they affirm each team member's importance to the work being done, thereby convincing individuals to give their best effort to secure the organization's long-term prosperity. In our personal lives, we can each be authoritative leaders. But how can we get more of them in public life? It starts by saying no to figures who spend their time attacking and blaming others. Maybe it's a TV show host. Maybe it's someone you follow on Twitter. Maybe it's a politician. But no matter who it is, Take some time and ask yourself which leaders you pay attention to who blame and belittle the other side, rather than promoting an aspirational vision that includes even the people who disagree with them. Then, once you've made your list, put those figures on mute. Stop reading their columns. Stop watching their shows. Because as much as we hate the outrage industrial complex, we're the ones who sustain it. Which means we're also the ones who can make it disappear if we refuse to be used. The kind of leadership our country needs more of is authoritative leadership. Let's summarize how we can get more of it. First, it's not that you can't afford to be nice. In the long run, you can hardly afford not to. Second, it's not enough just to be kind. We also have to stand up to the dividers on our own side. Once we commit to kindness and authoritative leadership, we'll be far more likely to achieve success. And who knows, we might even be able to bring the country back together. For more on how you can be a better, kinder leader, order your copy of Love Your Enemies and visit www.arthurbrooks.com. So you, you you love to talk leadership. So that's why that's the biggest reason why I wanted to bring up that segment in that book to you is because I think it's it's smart. It's kind of like, and then how do we apply that to the firm? How do we apply that yep. to the guys? And, and my initial idea was, okay, we don't blame the building department. You know, instead we focus on the goal of who gives a crap about the building department. They're going to do what they're going to do. Our goal is to get our clients approved and building and happy. I had this conversation with at least four of the guys yesterday. 
So I think it's about real leadership because this book is semi talking about politics, but it's a lot in real world life. And the difference is that because the undercurrent of this is, you know, Trump, right? Right. But, and it's saying Trump won because he was, you know, angry and, you know, everything. All the other crap. Yep. Yep. But what he's actually asking for and which some people are not giving is real leadership, right? Instead of blaming, instead of being wishy-washy on both sides, you know, all this other stuff. But how do we relate that to our firm? So I there was one client that was giving us some headaches. And I related kind of the story from last podcast where this woman went, she couldn't get a, a permit set, right? And the architect came, helped her out, got a permit set. I go, do you guys realize that what we're doing, we're the glue that's putting society to get together to build the world, right? This particular client is doing something extremely hard. And it, because this is a huge project, but there's a small, pro, there's small projects, many small projects. They're doing something that they've probably never, ever done before. Right. And they're coming at you with some craziness that they don't even know it's craziness. Our job is to help them out. Right. The contractor is trying to please the client, right. And get the job done and do it profitably. We're here to help him out. The city the city, we could go off and what they're doing, what right. they're not doing. Exactly, right? but that's not the point. But that's not the point. We're here to help them out and say, this is why we think this should work. This is the exception. This is why this doesn't work or this doesn't work. So w- our literally goal is to grow and build buildings. And that's what, without us, it would literally, and I can't go into it, but you can imagine just the mess and, and what would get built and, and what people would think and, and the swearing and, and the cussing because we already, we actually know some clients that just use us basically for, for drafting mm-hmm. and then go through and it's a headache and it's fight and it's totally different than when we take the reins. We're doing everything. We're coordinating, communicating, stuff like that. So give everyone a break, especially clients. And I don't, maybe you could relate this to the building department, but like, yeah, they don't, they don't always know what they're doing. And instead of, you know, making fun or whatever, let's help point them in the right direction. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The focus. It's not about, it's like enough with the blame game, right? It's the goal game. I think that's the big thing that I took from it. Um, and then one other yeah. thing too, and I, I thought he was, I thought Arthur was going to say something about this, and this is later on in the book, but I really love this tip was that it doesn't, let's say you're in a contentious um meeting with uh you got the owner there you're there the, as the architect or the designer and then you also have um you also have the contractor right and we all we even we to this day it doesn't we're, i don't know what if it's ever going to go away but like there's a lot of contractors that have bad tastes in their mouth of architects right and they're always looking for like the bus you know, they're looking for like, oh, we found a bust in your plan. I, I know you hate that, Al. I hate that. I, I, I hate end. fire and a bust. Yep. We got a fire. No, do you we, don't. Do we literally have a fire? Yeah, do we literally have a fire or is this blown out of proportion? Right. Yeah. So let's say you're trying to negotiate the the design decisions that you're making with this with this contract or the method that you've chosen for construction or something like that. Arthur recommended when you're trying to... When you're trying, when you're in, when you're engaged in that kind of a heated heated debate or discussion, use a five to one method. Yeah, five compliments, five compliments to your one suggestion. So make sure you lay down five different. Acknowledge, yes, that's a that's a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. That is also another idea. You know, some kind of other compliments, right? Yeah, I appreciate your thinking. Drill down after five, and then it's your turn to give the one, because all of a sudden you're disarming 
those people and you're giving them credibility and you're boosting their morale. And then, and, and literally then in the chapter I was listening to today on the way back from Lakewood was, was he said, once you boost people's morale like that, it gives them a shot of serotonin, right? So there's a chemical reaction and they have, they have more empathy. They have more empathy with your suggestion because their adrenaline and everything is boosted in the right direction. Yep. One of our listeners and actually someone we work with, uh, Richard Stanford, he sent an email um, and he was talking about how he works with the city. So this actually ties in like, how can, how can you work with the city? And he said, you know, we, we talked about sitting there and helping people out that come to the front desk that could be seen as, you know, ambulance chasing, right? That was just, you know, an idea. But what, what he does is that, you know, cities have commissions and boards and he volunteers for that. And not only, and I've done that for, for Firestone. So not only does that help out, I feel actually good about it. He goes, then he's seen as the private authority, not authority, but someone who knows this stuff on architecture. So the people on those boards and commissions, then, you know, Hey, they know a friend, their neighbor needs something, right? Oh, go to Richard or go to F9 or go to whatever. They know him. Right. And then if, if he ever gives a suggestion to the city or anyone who's doing this strategy, they're going to know that you're coming from a good place because you're on this board to help. You've given good suggestions before. So they're going to take it in, in, in a better way, I think. So I, I, I thought that was a great suggestion, you know, to go volunteer on these and, and help out. Because everybody, another- should, everybody should do at least one board in their life. If you, if you really want to be a leader, and even if you don't want to have a giant firm one day, right? You don't yep. want to do the franchise thing that we want to do one day. If you yep. just want to be you and two other people, I don't care. Yep. Man, get on those boards and get in one leadership position because it, it'll test you with dealing with other personalities, terrible ideas, good ideas, in-between ideas. Yep. And, and if you can apply these kind of principles with, you know, that we talked about just a little bit ago about leadership, it's just going to make you – you're going to be more convincible, uh, convincing to other people. You're going to be a better leader. Yep. And then also criticize by creating, right? There's enough people shouting. Um, oh, my God. Too there, many. And, and – Leverage what your skill is. If your skill is architecture, knowing codes, stuff to draw, yes, you could protest or yell or scream or whatever, and your voice will be added to those voices, but you have a backlog of skill that you can actually leverage so that you can have a bigger result from if you use that skill. So, Rock and roll. Yeah. You, you had an awesome interview this week, huh? No? Are had, you going to preview it? No. Well, I'm going to preview it. So I was talking to Tease you. It. It's Enix, teasing it. Sorry. Enix Sears. And I lost my audio, but he recorded it. So he's going to send me his audio. He's gonna, oh, okay. So he's got your audio. Yep. And this is what, what's hilarious. So he's releasing a course. Um, it's called Profit Levers, right? Yep. So I'll, I'll start with his. N- not only do I like his whole layout, I'm actually in the course. Oh, cool. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, Lance, but everyone else, I'm not making I'm not getting a referral. I'm not making any money from this. Blah blah blah. We're just doing it because we love Enoch. Yes, we seriously do. He's great. <laughs> yeah, Lance, we're gonna make thousands of dollars. Thousands. Did thousands. You hear that? I'm. I'm not. I'm not joking you. And and I, I'm not gonna give away. You know what? What he's doing. Right. I can say for a fact because of this course. If I stopped right now, I'm in week one. <laughs> we're wow. gonna make thousands and thousands of dollars. O- over ten thousand dollars easily just by these adjustments, um, which is cool, right? So, uh, once I get that, we'll either release it next week in next week's podcast, or we might do something special because guess who else is doing a course? Mark LePage. Mark LePage is also doing a course. So I'm like, oh, this is weird. Like two of the guys, 
I love both of these guys. They're doing it at the same time. Who do I promote? B- both of them. Both of them. It, it, Sharing is caring. Well, it, um, have you ever seen Rochester is a good example? Have you? Yeah. I yeah, yeah. You to We've been there. Yeah, I don't had, know. You had, to, you had to take me to your city. You had yeah. to see it. But weren't we going there for some reason or not? Football game. Uh, it was a midpoint stop for us. Yeah. But anyways, we, we, uh, you, um, if you drive on, along the highway, there's all these car dealerships. And, they're, and all the used car dealerships are stacked here. And the reason why is because actually that traffic produces more, right? So like I'm go, I'm buying a car and, you know, maybe my, my wife or my daughter wants a car, but you know, like I'm just buying the Chevy and then all of a sudden they see like a Subaru that they like, right? And this is a little exaggeration, but it's proven statistically. This is, this is why they do it. So what I'm trying to do, not getting paid by any of these guys, not getting paid is that we're going to interview, review them. And I want to encourage more people that weren't even considering it to take a look, right? And I wouldn't compare it like dollars to dollars. This one's $50 more, $20 more. Honestly, that's not going to matter because you, you are going to make more money than you're going to put into this. And the reason why is because these guys have been doing it for a year and I know both of them and they've tested this and then they've kept the ones that work and then that's the ones that they're going to put in. So these are time tested awesome strategies, right? So it's, which one are you comfortable with? I would say, you know, if you do one now, when they come out with a new one in six months or whatever, do the other one, right? Exactly. Like, could you, it's it's just like, are you going to only read one author? No. Oh, multiple people. (laughs) And you should, you should, and you should, you should, you should dive into discussions and authors about you disagree with, right? Challenges you. And, and then when you take this course and, and this is literally what I'm doing, pretend so this is what like i tell my students sometimes you you were teaching and sometimes a lot of times they'll take whatever you give them as a suggestion but sometimes there's some fight right so you could explain okay which one's which which idea is better my idea or your idea you won't know until you execute both of them right so i could i we already have our system lance i'm going to take everything and say okay at least i'm going to start a folder and if he says change my contract, I'm going to do it there. So then I can implement it and test it. And then we can see, right? Um, you have to actually execute. And every student that execute in our class does amazing. If you go and execute, you're going to do amazing. The only thing that's going to hold you back from recouping your money and making more is if you don't execute. Here, here's why I would be an advocate um, for either either one, either either Enoch or Mark, is they... What, what they walk it like they talk it. That's like the biggest thing that I like to live by is like I'm gonna walk it like I talk it, right? So if I talk a big game and I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and be a, 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 a an entrepreneur, well then I better be an entrepreneur. These guys are literally doing it and implementing the systems themselves. They're not like your typical business coach that you've heard me rant about before. Like, oh, you're a business coach contacting me to help me out with my business. What's your business? Oh, your business is business coaching. Eh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. These guys are literally doing it. I, I just, I wish I could just spill <laughs> their secrets, but I'm not. Not going to do it. <laughs> because it's worth you putting in the time. And actually, I couldn't do it justice. Like, they literally recorded the things, made spreadsheet, made documents, talked, like, I couldn't even do it justice. That's so awesome. That's why you have to go do it. Yeah. Once we're off the air, I'm excited to hear about it. I, I want to almost guarantee it, but I'm not, <laughs> like, I couldn't because I'm not, ma- like, I can't give you money that I am not making from it, but... I'm telling you, like he's telling oh, me. They also have money back guarantee, so so screw oh. it. It's already guaranteed. So just what do you do? Like Reverock, Just saying. Oh yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Do that too. <laughs> 
All right. So I have some news for you. Uh, first of all, uh, rest in peace, um, Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. Notre Dame. It fell uh, earlier this week, right? It was pretty sad. Um, but obviously, but then a bunch of uh, really uh, wealthy philanthropists stepped up, and I think they've pledged over seven hundred million dollars or something to this date. Cool. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna go back up. But there's something else that came about. This kind of blew my mind. So right after this, I, lo- I was looking into. I mean, it's Notre Dame. It's like icon of icon nine hundred years old. I mean, it's like uh, icon of Western civilization. All of these things, right? Of one humanity. Of, yeah. of humanity, really. Yeah. One yeah. of these. One of the one of the big four churches. So I, you know, if you're an architect, it hits you right in your soul and all that stuff. But then I started looking at there was there was rumors. Did you know that? Um, so reconstruction obviously was right away in the talk, right? Yeah. And so one of them was um, there was a, this guy who has a beautiful 3D model of the whole thing. He's from like National Geographic, and they he's he's already he's he he did la- he laser scanned the whole thing, so yep. they have exactly everything down. And then video games might end up helping that do that. But the twist on the whole thing... Why? Is, like, because Assassin's Creed boom, has you it. you just nailed it. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> That's exactly it. Because it's during the revolution, right? The French yeah. Revolution. And Kyler, my one of my sons, <laughs> they all play video games, but he plays a lot of them. And he says, uh, he, he was telling me, did you know they're going to use Assassin's Creed to help build Notre Dame? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's cool, man. Yeah. But the twist on the whole thing was a headline from The Guardian. And I posted this. And so then I also posted a poll in the Entre community. And it's pretty fascinating. I don't know if you saw it. The headline is, France announces contest to redesign, redesign Notre Dame Spire. I want, so I want your take on this, Al. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. France, France will launch an international architectural competition to redesign the roofline of the Notre Dame ca- Cathedral after a huge fire gutted the oak beam structure and sent its spire crashing into the nave, the prime minister has said. Uh, Edouard Philippe said the competition would give the 850-year-old building a spire suited to the techniques and challenges of our time. He said an estimation of the cost of rebuilding of the cathedral had yet to be made. French billionaires, multinationals, and private citizens have so far raised over 880 million pounds. Um, sure. Or euros, euros, sorry. Uh, the French president, Emmanuel Macron, promised the nation on Tuesday uh, night the Notre Dame would be rebuilt more beautiful than before. Here's the, here's the critical part, okay? Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. Notre Dame was built over a period of 200 years starting in the middle of the 12th century, but the lead-covered spire, which reached a height of 93 meters from the ground, was only added in the mid-19th century during a major restoration project. So like 1850? Correct. Like Civil War time? Exactly, Civil War time. Um, A project completed by the architect uh, Eugene Villot-Leduc. The international competition will allow us to ask the question of whether we should even recreate the spire as it was conceived by Villot-Leduc. Philippe told reporters after the cabinet, or, as in often the case in the evolution of heritage, whether we should endow Notre Dame with a new spire. This is obviously a huge challenge and a huge historic responsibility. Uh, so, I took a poll. Yes. And I wanted... Did you vote on it? No, but I have... Where uh, would you vote? I would go... So, it's A is redo it as is. Yep. B is new. Yep. There's no C. Secret answer C is the right answer. Okay, you can yeah. So, so I'll so give you my secret answer well, you, C the, after the, you you. The secret answer C. If that's your decision, it would be a comment. I'll allow that. Okay. As okay. the poll guy. Okay, so give me the results, and I'll say the secret my secret proposal. Okay, I'm going to shout out uh, two people I know that three people I know that for sure listen to the podcast. Uh, uh, two people. So Don Rickard voted 
rebuilt exactly as it was. So did Adam Mayberry. Thank you. Uh, and I voted too. So 138 people said we're going to rebuild it exactly. 138. Nice. Okay. Uh, redesign new. Uh, a couple shout outs here too, because I know there's a couple listeners here. Uh, let's see. Sean Tobin Architect. Yeah. And uh, our very own Nick James Renard voted uh, redesign new. And so 63. So it was 138 to 63. And Al Gore yep. is in the comment section. There were 32 comments. So... I don't think I, I gave my comment. I do understand redoing newbies. I think they could do a really cool one, right? I I do agree to keep it as is. But the secret answer three is, if you said that this was built over 200 years, almost as long as America, right? They were adding on. There wasn't even a spire. Secret answer three is to add a new part and design it onto it. Not so, not the spire itself, but Not maybe. the spire. A new, maybe it's a back. Maybe it's part of the back. Maybe it's something community. Maybe it's addition to the side. Maybe it's underground. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is, right? Um, add something new to it. Add on to the story. Well, you know what somebody else, so what somebody else said is they said, oh man, I wish I could get to the comments of this. I can't get to the full comments. Was they they uh, what is the building that is it the Reichstag that yes. Norman Foster did with the yes. dome? Okay, now think, so somebody commented with that, and I was like, that's a good point. Ah, so so uh, the Americans or the Russians blew up the top of the capital of uh, Germany, Germany, and then it was rebuild it as is or do a new one, and they did a cool glass one with an awesome spire. It is super super sick. Norman Foster. Yep. So. I thought I thought I like so, that. So exactly. So I didn't change my answer over to redesign new, but in hindsight now, I don't know how. I think it. I th- that would to me. Uh, well, first of all, you got to hire Norman Foster. Like Norman Foster should just win. Yeah, but so my mom <laughs> texted me at this, and I said, "Oh, I didn't know. You know, whatever." And in my head, I secretly thought they're gonna they're gonna pick a, uh, a, p- a French architect, no matter what. No matter what, it's going to be like Gene Leva, you know. Maybe Dominic, Dominic Peralt. He's really yeah. good. But maybe they won't. And maybe I think I kind of want it to then be like an uproar. I highly doubt they would pick an American one. I'm just saying. It would be a bigger <laughs> uproar. They have to dictate like how many uh, radio stations can be in English and how and things have to be in French. So who knows? It's France. Uh, yeah. I think either do it new or add on and then keep it old. I agree. Yeah, yeah, one of those two, one of those two scenarios. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. could be cool. So there you have it. Keep stay updated for that. I would love to see people, uh, you know, joining in on that fun and yep. trying their ideas. I have a slight fun suggestion for everyone. Uh oh. So uh, we're building a new headquarters. We'll be moving into it in what three, four months, something like that. So right now we are doing a spring cleaning. You don't need to be moving to do a spring cleaning. The pizza just came. It's in the back room. I'm sure the guys are already into it. We ordered pizza for lunch, and I have tasks for everyone, and we have different areas of the office, and everyone's going to go through, and I'm going to break it down to them and think about this rule of three. A third of the stuff that we have, let's just say in our back room, stuff we use all the time. A third of the stuff is stuff we forgot about that was lost in a pile and we probably should use, so we just need to organize it better. And at least a third of the stuff should be thrown away or donated. And we're going to go through the whole office and do that while eating pizza. It, I smell the pizza right now. Sounds like it's hurty here. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've just been slightly cleaning in the mornings, and the guys have noticed it just feels better. It's gonna feel great. Oh. Spring. Don't just clean your house. Clean your office. Have pizza. Make it fun. As Jordan Peterson would say, clean your room before you criticize the world. Yeah. And, with, and I, what I like is clean your office before you design the world. 
Yes. <laughs> Bam. Lance Keiko, if that's how it's pronounced, original. Uh, let's go to our favorite uh, pizza-eating friend, Nick Renard. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A poem. What would I dream do? The rainbow already has its hue. The sea has long been salted down, and there are far too many clowns, far too many carnivals. Some tell me, be like me. No one should be like you, you see? Hide your mysterious secret side while hungry fools have died, unlocking mysteries. I put on a nice, neat suit, hide my straw hat and boots, Live the accepted normal life. Answer to mister. How's your wife and your children? Seems to me to fix up things. I should fly on brazen wings. Passing by all that conforms. Wear no raincoat in storms. And to hell with umbrellas. Why should I wait in my seat? Passing time for glutton to eat. I may know no other task, but I won't wait, so don't ask. I'll go do something. I don't recall if any or what task or duty fell my lot. They say songs are for nothing but to sing. Say the never listening and hearing while the music plays. I don't have it all figured, I guess. Maybe I'm confused as the rest. But I don't live eight to five. Are the eight to five alive, even on weekends? So I'll walk a lot of streets. I'll get up and go whenever I eat. Throw away that business suit. Put Neat's foot oil on my boots. And track some mud on somebody's carpet. What Would I Dream Do? By Johnny Cash. Boys, have a happy Easter. Toodles! Johnny Cash, the man in black. Uh, poetic. Uh, if I was Jocko, I would sum it up as get after it. Just a, a nice way of saying get after get it. Get after it. Good. If you're worried about mud, good. 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 So oh, that was great. Have a happy Easter to you. And uh, I think we're going to go to our next segment, which is ARE Jeopardy. All right, here we go. Both questions are based on you might be in the field and you might see something and you're going to want to know where the answers are. So these are IRC practical questions. Fire protection, number one, is not required at the bottom of flange of lintels, shelf angles, and plates spanning not more than A, 6 foot 4 feet, 6 foot 4 inches, B, 7 foot, C, 4 foot, D, 9 foot, 8 inches. A, 6 foot 4. B, 7 foot. C, 4 foot. D, 9 foot, 8 inches. Do, do, do. B, B, C, B, C. The answer is A, 6 foot 4. 
Don't know why. They probably did studies, but know that that is in there. And if they have a long one and it's not, then you have to fire protect it. All right? Question number two. So they all got goose eggs, a bunch of goose eggs. This is IBC 2308.5.10. So another thing where you might be in the field and see this, we might be in the field and see it today. Possibly. Yep. Board holes not greater than blank percent of the stud width are permitted to be bored in any wood studs. So this is a percentage question of how big in any wood stud. A, 40%. B, 33.33%. B, C, 25%. D, 60%. So for plumbing, blah, blah, blah. Do, do, do. Wait, wait, wait. Put them down. Mark, you got to write them down like Jason. Um, A, 40%. B, 33.33. C, 25. D, 60. We got to change. A, C, B, 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 A, 40%. Two. Okay, Lance. Lance Keiko. All right. What do we got? What's, is there, what's, the, what's the score? One, 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 one. Nope, nope. Just one. Just one. Wow. The man in black. Three. Uh, number three, what is a large wood screw with a head similar to that of a bolt and without a nut known as A, torque screw, B, wood screw, C, leg screw, D, screwy boy? What do we got? No repeats on this one. Everybody's got an answer. We got C, C, B, C, and C. The correct answer is C. Who, so, wait, wait. Who got it? All right. Awesome. Okay. Number four. The resistance to the movement of a retaining wall provided by the earth in front of the wall and its footing is known as A, lateral pressure, B, passive pressure, C, soil pressure, D, resistive pressure. Any repeats? Just the answers? A, lateral pressure, B, passive pressure, C, soil pressure, D, resistive pressure. D, A, C, C, and C. The correct answer is B. Who, who got B? Nada. All right. Jackson wins. That is awesome. Um, so if you liked what we had to say, don't go to our stuff. Go to uh, www.architectresources.org forward slash profit dash levers. That's Enoch Sears. Next week, we'll have both them on, Enoch and Mark LePage, to talk about their courses that you guys should look into. That's all I have for today. All I got is thanks for listening. If you have a favorite episode, share that with a friend, share that with a colleague, share that with your mom. She'll, we, she'll love to hear our voices. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.